When we're uh, when when this is going up, and with me again is Robert Black. Robert, welcome back. Hello. Thank you. Uh, we are talking minute eighty-two. Um, Marta is still on the phone with Meg. Um, Meg is still pressing her to uh, to sort of renege on the will that leaves all of uh, Harlan Crombie's money to her. Um, she pulls the she pulls the but I'll have to drop out a school card. <laughs> And then uh, Marta, you know, you just as a, as cool as a cucumber, promises her promises her that she'll take care of her, which is a nice uh, a nice little turnaround on what they've been saying to Marta all this time. Except I think Marta might actually mean it. I think she means it. Yeah, yeah I think I think that she I think that she is sincere in in, in wanting to to help Meg. Um, we find out that not, not at all surprisingly, Meg has been more or less pushed into making this phone call by her family, who were all like hovering like a foot away from her. Um, there's a great little uh, music stinger, uh, a cover of Gordon Lightfoot's "Sundown," um, a uh, pretty pretty big radio hit of the '70s. Uh, I would be curious as to why he chose this particular song, um, other than uh, the line. Uh, you feel like you're winning when you're losing again, which uh, going by uh, yeah. the look on Meg's face, she kind of is, you know, sort of folding in the face of her parents, their family just staring her down. Do you have anything you want to say about this minute? Um, well, this gets that uh, the lighting on the eye thing, which I think is a film noir bit, but I always relate it to Age of Innocence, the Scorsese movie. Oh, how so? How do you... Because they did that. Whenever people were reading, like, their love letters to each other in secret notes, it would do this. The only light was up on their eyes. Oh! Yeah, 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 yeah. I think that they did a little bit of that. He, um, Coppola did a little bit of that in Bram Stoker's Dracula. Uh, yeah, d- just yeah. sort of like you know, very much highlighting you know their eyes. I, I think it could be that. I, I, I do think it's a little bit you know film noir. I think that you know maybe to kind of signify that you know things are sort of closing in around Meg. That she is sort of you know stuck in this place between. Yeah, I think she does care about Marta, but I think that she cares about the money as much as she cares about Marta. So I, I think that she is, you know, discovering that she is in a lose-lose situation. You know, I, either, you know, Marta gives in and, and gives her, gives them back the money, you know, she loses a good friend, you know, or she, you know, you know, Marta doesn't give in, and then she, you know, loses out on the money and also possibly alienates her family in the process because she didn't push her hard enough. Yeah. We've got a... But if she didn't push, maybe she'd get to keep going to school. We don't know. That's possible. That's possible. Um, Ransom is kind of sort of listening in on this, you know, pretending that he's not, of course, but, um, <laughs> you know, he's just sort of, you know, sitting there, you know, pretending like he doesn't know what's going on. Um... And he advises, he, he tells her that he, he doesn't think that uh, Benoit Blanc really knows what he's doing. 
and that all she has to do is lay low for a couple days and then the investigation will be closed, which <laughs> I don't know if that's actually true or not, but you know, even, even <laughs> regardless of how, how it turns out, I don't think that, uh, you know, Blanc would just be like, well, can't figure out what happened here. Bye. No, no. It's, he's he's better than that. But yeah, this is a again, you know, not a action heavy. Although I mean, to be fair, the whole movie isn't exactly action packed. You you you've got oh, it's it's very talk heavy. You've got some scenes where you know the the flashbacks of Marta trying to get back in the house to sort of yeah you know cover her tracks. That's that's and then of course the ending a little bit, but generally speaking, the 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 middle part of the movie is pretty much all dialogue driven. Yeah, it's dialogue and then walking into the next room to have more dialogue. And, and looking very, very... Attractive. As a murder mystery, often is. And, and looking very, very attractive. Everybody in this cast is extraordinarily attractive. Yeah. It's just everybody is just lit perfectly. They they just look as, as good <laughs> as they've ever looked. You know, even 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 Michael Shannon, who who no one would ever say is, is a hunk. You know, he, he, looks, he looks great here. Yeah, he's you know Don Don Johnson, you know you know, hunk of the '80s, still looks good now. Yep. Um, even as an older man. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, this is this. Hell, even Christopher Plummer. Yeah. He aged well. Yeah, he aged so well. His his you know, character's mother is still alive somehow. That's like that's like a, that's like a, well. that's like another favorite of my of my you know it's like how old is his mother. Yeah, what's the trivia on it? Where she's actually like younger than him, I think. I, yeah, I can, I can, I can, I can see that. That's that's often something that happens. I think one famous version of that is, um, uh, well, you got like host the Golden Girls, where like yeah, Estelle Getty and and B. Arthur were only like yeah, the oldest is actually the youngest. Yeah, and and they were only like a couple years apart in age. But yeah, the Harlan Thrombey is like you know, one hundred, presumably one hundred twenty year old mother. I just love that. Um, so he was born in 29. Who is she? What is she called? Great Nana. There she is. She was born in 36. Yes, yeah, she's seven years younger. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm sure they... Again, we're, we're skipping ahead because she does show up in, in a couple minutes from now. But, yeah. uh, you know, I, I she, she reminds me of... Um, uh, Grandma Mom from the Adams family. Yeah, she's got the hat, like the layers and mm-hmm. layers of clothing on and all. She's just a little, this little shriveled up old lady. I just love her so much. Um, so we touched upon uh, a couple comedy murder mysteries in the last episode. Uh, we mentioned, of course, yeah. Clue and um, Murder by Death. Murder by uh, death. Yeah. What do you feel? How do you feel about the murder mystery genre in general? Do you do you try, do you seek them out, or is it something you you tend to? This was actually an interesting question when I saw it in the notes because I'm like, I don't seek them out, but I know there's several, and I had to think about it that I really like. Like Zero Effect is a sort of a murder mystery. It's also there's other stuff going on, but it's one of my like favorite movies, like top three basically. But then, like, Fargo, uh, Gone Girl, Big Lebowski, The Player. There, there's some really good ones out there. Even American Beauty has sort of got that murder mystery side to it. Chinatown. And, and speaking of Brian Johnson, you got Brick. His previous movie was also going into a mystery. So when they're done really well, I like them. But mostly, I think they end up being... Nowadays, they be, uh, they're, like, 
episodic TV instead, right. and I don't care. So you know, you don't you don't like you don't like uh, mysteries on television. Not much lately. I mean, in the '90s, I know I watched some, and then as as a kid in the '80s, I watched any because it'd give me an excuse to stay up later than my bedtime. <laughs> I did like I did like the TV series of Fargo. I I I, I thought that was very well done. Um, it, it took me a little while to to get on board with it because every mm-hmm. every character, yeah. particularly the first season was just absolute an absolutely dreadful human being and I'm like I don't care what happens to these characters. I, I don't care to figure out how they're going they are aren't going to get away with this crime. But then I, I gave it a little more time and I ended up really liking it and then I liked each subsequent season even better. Um I haven't seen the fourth one yet with with Chris Rock. Yeah I haven't seen the latest um one. but generally I, I oh gosh what other there's there's been a lot in recent years. Um but yeah, I mean, some of them it's like you drag it out too long. It's like, mm, I yeah, I kind of lost me here. I I do like the the, the compactness of, of it done as a movie, um, where you know they don't spend you know hours and hours on red herrings and and taking the characters down. Oh, I liked um I yeah. I really liked uh, True Detective. Yeah, that was that the first. That, I liked I, I liked the one. first one, the third one. And the yeah, third one, yeah. Uh, I thought those were those were very well done. I, was like, I, I thought they were interesting to me because they also had elements of horror to them, particularly the the first yeah. one. That's I think that's what I like a lot when I'm looking at my list here. I'm like Lone Star is also like this drama about family, like generational trauma. Big Lebowski's a like a stoner comedy sort of. The players about film industry. It's like I like a murder mystery if it's also got something else. Right, right, right. If it's a you know a, a murder mystery that also you know is is you know as you say a, a family drama or you know yeah. a, a little bit of a horror movie to it. Yeah, no, yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I would say that you know Fargo kind of kind of you know crosses the line into into being funny sometimes. Um, right. You know, and then you've got uh, uh, like uh, you. Know, Sticking with the Coen Brothers, Blood Simple is a uh, you know very much a, yeah. a a modern film noir. So yeah. if you just do if you just do a straightforward, and I, I feel like a lot of particularly like erotic thrillers of the early night, late eighties, early nineties, you know, it was it was just <laughs> a murder mystery, and yeah. and it ended up not really being all that engaging. You know, I'm thinking like you know Basic Instinct where. Yeah, the murder mystery is not that right. It's, it's like instinct. you know, and in the end, it's like, oh well, she might have done it after all, and it's just like, Meh. you know, like, yeah, I don't care anymore. <laughs> um, do you have a personal favorite yeah. murder mystery? Well, my favorite movie from the list of ones I thought of that I liked is Zero. Right, right. I'm sorry, you, you said that. Most yeah, people haven't yeah, heard of it. I, 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 I do. I have heard of it. That's a uh, Bill Pullman. Okay. Okay. Yes. I don't think I've seen it, but I have. And I have Stiller. heard of it. Um, uh, yeah, that, that... It's a detective who doesn't isn't good at social interaction or being a normal person, so he has an assistant go do everything. I like it already. <laughs> yeah, that was from that like that was from the mid to late nineties, I think. Yeah, yeah, that that was yeah that seemed very of the time, like the, the kind of movies that were coming out then, those sort of like artsy thrillers. I'm not being disparaging. Yeah. I'm just saying that I, I, I it's, remember well, it's, when it came It's out. not really a thriller oh, okay. in that sense. But yeah, I, I, it's that kind of... It's got comedy to it because, you know, Ben Stiller's his assistant. 
but it's not a comedy and the it's a romantic storyline as well it's it's layers of different things and it goes together well i will i will put it on my ever-growing list of movies that i intend absolutely intend <laughs> to check out when i'm not wasting my time watching stuff like army of the dead <laughs> do you have do you have anything else you want to say about this particular minute no i mean there's there's a good line in the script where it refers to Meg's line about her, she's going to drop out of school. It calls uh, Meg drops what is for her the big bomb after it says her voice is quavering, which I thought was, it's a, it's a nice sort of, uh, the script is very readable. Yeah. I, 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 I like it. It's kind of like a Shane Black. Right, 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 like, right. It's entertaining in its own. Yeah. Story. If you, you know, if it, you, know, you see stuff that they were going to go with originally and, and, you know, then they decided for whatever reason not to do that. I, I find that fascinating yeah. when you, when you read the script of the movie and it has like a completely different ending. Well, and, and great language use. Like Mar when Marta, after Meg hangs up, it says Marta realizes the connection's dead, holds the phone in her hand, like something delicate. She just broke. I'm like, that's nice. It's, it gives us a nice visual for what fits the film is that she, she doesn't know what she's doing. And it's also cool because he, uh, you know, presumably, you know, believes that his actors will understand what he's trying to go for by, by, by reading, right. by reading yeah. that, that, you know, that stage direction without him having to spell it out for them, which exactly. is pretty good. Um, all right. Uh, that wraps up minute 82. Uh, Robert, do you have, uh, do, where do, where do people can find, where can people find you on the social media? Uh, you can find all my shows under their titles, but if you don't know them, just find Robert E.G. Black on all social, any social media pretty much, and you'll find Great. me. Great. Um, okay, so, uh, we can be found at Knives Out Minute on Twitter. Pretty, uh, pretty easy to remember. Uh, we will be back for Minute 83, which is, we're still in that restaurant with, uh, with Megan Ransom. Um... And then, uh, so we'll be back next time. I'm Gina, and this has been Robert. Bye-bye, everyone.